Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. And today is one of those Bible Breakdown Extras that we do once a month, and we release them on the 30th of every month. And what I want to do over the next several months is I want to just do a really quick review of this book right here. And if you're listening to this or the podcast, then I would encourage you to go over to the YouTube channel so you can also see this as well, because it is written by one of my heroes of the faith. Uh, He's passed away now, but he was a great apologist named Norman Geisler. And he really helped me to understand how defending our faith works. And I just learned so much from him. And over the course of his ministry, he has a lot of good things that he's written that really helps people understand their faith and understand the process of their faith. And one of the apologetic works, we're going to talk about that word in just a moment, is 12 points that show that, that Christianity is true. And so what he does is he takes us all the way from just not even having an idea about God at all, and he ends with Christianity is true. And that's important because so many different people are on different places when it comes to the conversation about God. And that's why apologetics is important. So first, let's define some terms. Apologetics actually comes from a Greek word in the book of, I believe it's 1 Peter, that says that we are to give a defense for our faith. And that word defense, the Greek word is apologia, which is eventually where we get the word apologetics. And it's, it's really unfortunate because when we say apologetics, it sounds like we're apologizing or saying we're sorry for something, but that's quite the opposite. What it's doing is apologetics is giving a reasoned defense of the faith, a reason explanation for why we believe what we believe. And the reason why we do apologetics is really four reasons. Number one is because the Bible commands it. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3 and in Luke 1, it says that we are supposed to be able to give a reasoned defense for why we believe what we believe. I think that would be, it would be so sad for us if we live that life we live our life in front of somebody and they are, they're interested in, in God because of what they see in us. And then we go, well, I really can't help you. And that doesn't mean we have to know everything. It just means we need to know what we believe so we can give a defense for why we believe. So the first reason we do apologetics is because the Bible says to. The second reason is because culture demands it. I don't know what world you live in, but I live in a world that's full of relativism which means what's right for you may be right for you, what's right for me may be right for me, but you really can't tell me what's right and what's wrong, and everything is relative. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Well, that may be true when it comes to a famous painting, but is truth relative? Is our lives relative? Is gravity relative, (laughs) or is it not? Well, we need to have that conversation. Another one is naturalism is very prevalent in the world I live in, and that is that there is nothing supernatural. That that all we can see is what we see, the atheistic point of view. There is nothing other than what we can see. And so culture demands we have answers because we claim something very different. We claim that relativism is not true. There's absolutely things that are true and things that are untrue, which is very different than our culture. We also say that naturalism is very wrong. I got into this one time. I was talking to a gentleman, and he said he was a naturalist. 
And I said, oh, yeah, me too. And he looked at me kind of funny, and I kind of went on because I had no idea what that word meant. <laughs> I thought naturalism meant that all of creation and all of nature is here because of God. That's the most backwards, wrong definition <laughs> ever, but that's what I thought. And so now, years later, like I've got this guy's face in my mind, I probably confused him so horribly because I'm not at all a naturalist. I believe that that all we can experience with our five senses is real. There's also the, the spirit world that's, that's on top and around and under us and all that kind of stuff. And so culture demands that we understand the 12 points that lead someone to know God. The other reason is because the church needs it. Do you know the Bible said to go into all the world and make disciples? How are we going to make disciples if we don't know what to teach them? And then one more is that results confirm it. When we learn apologetics, when we learn how to defend our faith, what that does is, is that gives us confidence to know what we believe. And then it gives us confidence to go talk to other people. One of the number one things I've heard people say, the reason why they don't talk about their walk with God more is because they feel intimidated. They don't know what to say. They don't know how to say it. And that hurts my heart for them because I've been there. How about as a pastor, I've been there. When I could talk to you about the Bible and about the tabernacle of the Old Testament and about the book of Revelation and all those different things. But don't you ask me about the basics of faith? I'd never learned. I'd learned all the other things. I grew up being around church, and so I just automatically thought I knew, and, and I didn't. And so when we understand that, it helps us to have confidence. And I want to make sure to say, when I say be able to defend our faith, I'm not saying that we go out looking for arguments and fights and things, but I am telling you, and if you've been a Christian longer than about five minutes, you're going to realize that you have a spiritual enemy that's against you. But you also have a world around you that needs to know the hope of Jesus. And so we're going to defend our faith by being able to talk about it. And so over the next several weeks, we're going to cover the 12 points that show Christianity is true. And I want to encourage you to get this book, to get this book and to read it, because all I'm going to do is I'm just going to take about five, 10 minutes, and I'm going to kind of review the basic point of the chapter, because I want you to be able to read it more deeply. Now, Norman Geisler is brilliant. Like there's actually been a documentary done on his life and you owe it to yourself to read, to watch his documentary. It's just amazing what God did in his life. And he became this amazing Christian philosopher, but I would love for you to go and read this more deeply, but I want us to kind of grapple with the overall idea. So I'm going to read to you the 12 points, and then we're going to talk about the first one today. You ready? Here we go. Here's the 12 points that show Christianity is true. Number one, truth about reality is knowable. Number two, and these are all stair steps that get to Jesus. Number two, the opposites cannot be true. true. Number one, truth about reality is knowable. Opposites cannot be true. Number three, it is true that the theistic God exists. Four, miracles are possible. Number five, miracles performed in connection with the truth claim confirm that the truth of God through the messenger is of God. Number six, the New Testament documents are reliable. Number seven, as witnesses in the New Testament, Jesus, as witness in the New Testament, Jesus claimed to be God. Number eight, Jesus claimed to be God was proven by a unique convergence of miracles. Number nine, therefore, Jesus was God in human flesh. Number 10, whatever Jesus, who is God, affirmed to be true is true. Number 11, Jesus affirmed that the Bible is the word of God. And then number 12, therefore, 
It is true that the Bible is the word of God, and whatever it opposes to any biblical truth is false. Let me say it again. Therefore, it is true that the Bible is the word of God, and whatever is opposed to any biblical truth is false. So, if you're already a Christian, you go, well, yeah. But think about how many people you know who are not Christ followers, that if you say the Bible is God's word, therefore anything that is opposed to the Bible is untrue, they will go, no, don't believe you. Can you prove it? Yes, I actually have 12 steps <laughs> that can get us from just, is truth even knowable, all the way through. And what I love about this book is this book goes through every one of those 12 things so that you can prove it. And here's the reason why it's so important is because everybody you know that doesn't know God is somewhere along that line. I know people that we can't even agree on what truth is. And we're, gonna, we're just going to stop there. So we start with number one. Truth is knowable. Truth and reality is knowable. And the first three things there, truth is knowable, the opposites uh, cannot be true, and that there is a theistic God. Which one of those truth issues are they hanging up on? Well, we can talk about that. Then if we can believe there's a God, some people are like, there may be a God, but miracles aren't true. Miracles aren't real. Well, we can have that conversation. Well, I believe there's a God. I don't believe the God, I don't believe God can be a Christianity because I don't believe in the New Testament. Well, there's a step for that all the way through. And here's my hope for you. If you're part of the Real Life Church family, our 2024 rallying cry is each one reach one. And what that means is, is my hope for all of us is that the Holy Spirit will open our eyes to see that all around us, there are people who need to hear the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. But everybody is at a different place in their walk with God. Therefore, there's going to be some people, they already know all this. They already believe all this. They're just not following God. But it's possible that there's going to be some that's going to have questions you're not going to have answers for. That's okay. Because as we go through this together, it's going to help us find doorways into those conversations. So let's start with number one. Number one, truth about reality is knowable. I want to read from you the summary of chapter one. Dr. Geisler says this, there is reality and we can know it. I know that I exist. I know a world exists outside of me. I know others exist. I also know that the laws of logic are true. I know the opposite of true is false. I know that total skeptics and agnostics are wrong. I know that we can know many things. And as I will see later in chapter three, we can know whether the theistic God exists, whether miracles are possible, that's chapter four, whether Jesus is the son of God, chapter seven and eight. And in short, we can know whether Christianity is true. So here's the reason why this is important. This is important <clears throat> because the very first hurdle we have to get over is whether or not truth is even knowable. I live in a world right now, and maybe you do too, where people will say things like, that's my truth. That's my reality. That's these things. And I think it really started from way back in the day when we used to say that there was truth and then there was my opinion, right? And what people did was, is they started to change out the word opinion for truth. And at first it was just a play on words. Well, this is my truth. Well, what they were meaning was, this is my opinion. This is, this is how I see reality. And it was, it was a very subtle, but very important shift because everybody's got an opinion and no one should be held accountable for an opinion, right? I mean, it's your opinion and you're held accountable as far as in that's, that's the thing. But, but when you make a truth claim, 
you're saying something much different. So you, let me back up and say you are accountable for your opinion, but everyone's got one, and they're not really that valuable, right? What's valuable is what you claim to be true or not. But the problem became is when we started to equate an opinion with truth. So let's define truth. And we're going we're gonna, to encourage you to read this, but let's define what truth is. Truth is it objective, observable reality. Whatever conforms to objective, that means viewable reality. Objective reality. Now, there's three different ways we look at truth. That's the true definition of truth. That's objective reality. Then there's another kind of truth that says it is subjective to reality. In other words, it matters in the eye of the beholder. What's true for you may be true for you. What's true for me may be true of me. It's an experience level of truth. And then you have the third kind, which is just simply that truth is a construct. Truth doesn't exist at all. Truth isn't out there at all. Matter of fact, it just doesn't even, these, these are people who they want to believe something is true because they don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I had someone tell me one time, let's say that uh, there was a horrible accident and uh, this little boy's mother passes away. And because he is struggling to deal with the fact that his mother passed away, he said, my mom's not really dead. She's in my heart. She's not really, she's not really dead. Well, in order to, to try to not hurt his feelings, yes, baby, that's true. Your mom's not really dead. Your mom is in your heart. That's true. That, that is true. And people would say that to him in order to spare him having to deal with it, right? And, and no one would fault them for that. The problem with that is, is what you start to do is, is you start to paint truth a little bit differently. To go, well, that's true for him in his world that his mom really is in his heart. Yes, but what's your definition of truth there? It's, it's not an objective, observable reality. It is an opinion based on grief. And that's okay, but you can't build your life on that truth. Truth, the definition of truth, is objective reality. In other words, it is not something that we can shape and mold and change. It is something that is outside of us, that doesn't depend on us, that doesn't change no matter what we want to do with it. I'll give you an example. Gravity. It doesn't matter how much you don't want it to be true. It doesn't matter how many times you jump off a building. It doesn't matter how much you believe that you can fly, like R. Kelly. If you jump off that building, you're going to fall. You know why? Because there's an objective reality, a viewable reality, that gravity works. (laughs) And it doesn't matter. It happens. Here's another one. Two plus two is four. Math works. That's, you try to put anything, you try to say, well, that's true for you. It's not true for me. Well, I'm going to tell you something. It's true for the bank. <laughs> and if you decide that your truth is you've got more money than the bank says you have, you're going to go to jail because it is an objective, observable reality. And so truth can be known. Now, here's the caveat to this. And that's why we're going to read this. And then we're going to kind of give you something to think about. And you're welcome to, to join us in some of the, the chat of this video or in the podcast. And we can talk about this back and forth. But here's the thing. The problem we have to deal with on this is we try to make everything a truth claim. But truth is actually very narrow. In other words, there's not a whole lot of things that are true universally. There are things that are true, but then the way you apply them are different. But there's a lot fewer of those. And we think like, we think everything is a truth statement. Like it is true that I love coffee. Well, it is now, but it wasn't always. So therefore it's true 
but it is not a foundational true statement. The fact that gravity exists is a foundational truth statement. So we have to be very careful on how we are defining the word truth and make sure that we are realizing that there are a few unchangeable true things. And then on top of that are some subjective true things. But to realize that there is a difference. That is the reason why, and let's just go ahead and go here, that is the reason why there is such a uh, controversy when it comes to sexuality. There are people who are defining sexuality differently. There are some who are saying that sex is what it is. You're born one way or the other, and you can't help it. And then they go, yes, of course, there's the third type where it's extremely rare, but it does happen. But that's not how it happens for most people. You're born one way or the other. But then there's other people who go, yes, but my truth is my gender. My gender is how I feel how I view myself. Well, the problem becomes we are defining things very, very differently. That's why we get in trouble. So the way to start with this first one is when someone comes to you and says, there's no way you can know who God is because truth can't be known. Well, then you would say, can you prove that? (laughs) Is that statement true? That truth can't be known? Uh, No, because then they would be making a truth claim, right? (laughs) And go, well, then that means you have a self-defeating argument. So truth can be known. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so of course, of course, truth can be known. You know why? Because we bump up against it all the time. That's how we know. That's how you know if something is universally true or not, is if you cannot help it. If you stop breathing air, the truth is you will die. <laughs> it is true. Bump up against it a little bit. Try not to. Try to jump off a building. Try to not balance your checkbook and see what happens. And so step one is this. When you have a conversation with someone, you have to agree that truth can be known. Now, next time when we get together, we will talk about how to differentiate what is true and what is not true by a very simple argument called the law of non-contradiction. Now, for all my philosophers out there, as we get ready to end, I understand that there are contradictions within contradictions, and we can get into which philosopher, and we can talk all day long, but we're not trying to go there. We are trying to stay very clear and very straight. And so you're welcome in the chat to have that philosophical debate, but we're not going to do that here. So let's sum this up, and we'll be done. Apologetics is very important because we live in a world full of questions. We live in a world full of challenges. Challenges are good things. The Bible demands that we have a defense for our faith. Culture demands that we be able to answer for our faith. The church needs to know what we believe. And the proof is out there that when we know what we believe, we are more confident in our walk with God and we'll share it. And so there are 12 steps that you can get from not even being able to agree on what truth is all the way to Jesus as the Son of God, and His Word proves it. And so you got to figure out where you are. And so step one is that truth and reality is knowable. The definition of truth is an observable reality. That is the truth that we start with. And if we can start there, that truth is known and knowable, then we can go from there and we go to the next step, which will be next time, which is how to tell the difference between what is true and what is false. Let me pray for us. God, I'm so thankful that you give us the opportunity to jump into these deep waters. I'm so thankful, Lord, we live in a world where there's opportunities to reach out all around us. I pray you'll give us wisdom, Lord, to to read things like this, to know these kinds of things so that we can dig in deep and we can know you and we can defend you and proclaim you to everyone around us. I pray you'll give us the courage, Lord, to step in and to do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, like I said, once again, I encourage you to get this book. If you don't want to get the book, you can type Norman Geisler 
into, and that's Geisler is G-E-I-S-L-E-R. You can do Norman Geisler, 12 points that show Christianity is true, and it is all over the internet. You can get PDFs, and you can start looking at this information, and next time we'll get into how we can tell if truth is real or false.